This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Swindon Town. Now you see, Joe, we were supposed to be sick at the thought of talking to each other at this moment in time. And then, well, no games happened. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. No, instead I'm just sick of having to do press conferences for matches that don't have games and then having no questions for the subsequent one. But yeah, we're only it's been a fairly normal week in terms of the presser episodes. Yes, it has been and I'm just glad that they called it off before we recorded. I have nothing but sympathy for you that you went to Swindon, recorded a press conference, uh, attended a press conference and then had no reason to use those quotes i was elated i I had an evening off so hooray yeah i mean from that perspective it wasn't easy i think we were well we were delayed again to start today and andrew johnny and i were all looking at each other thinking we there's not really anything to say is there what what do we ask him just Trying to set him up to give another one of his classic metaphors or one-liners. Yeah, um, can you give me some classics that we'll never hear? Well, my favourite one was, it was kind of a phrase, a saying that I've heard before, but in terms of how he looked at coaching, that the the coach draws the lines, and but his turn of phrase is saying that it was the play, I need to get players to get the pens out and then f- fill them in. I just very much enjoyed the way he put that one across. Almost, almost Brentism, it's, uh, I would think. There's it's, it's some of that in there. And I, I think, it, I mean, by the sounds of it, because I couldn't even 
some of the stuff he said today that I, I couldn't even um, get onto Twitter myself. Everyone had already blasted it all over some of the lines that he came out with. So yeah, I think it's going down quite well with people. Yes, uh, it's very interesting. And do you at least wish him a happy birthday? I did. Um, I, I was um, looking up some second mentions for him the other day for an article and I noticed it was going to be his birthday today. So yes, I, I did wish him a happy birthday and um, sort of, I think um, even our own media manager, Dave Rickson, hadn't actually clocked that that was it. So I, I felt good to be um, on top of that one. Yes, and then and then it was acknowledged on social media by the club. It was also, I think, Luke Jeffcott's birthday today as well, at time of recording, 26. So happy birthday to him too. Busy day with the cakes at the county ground today. Yes, indeed. So... Did you manage to break free onto the pitch and see if it was okay? I mean, it's much milder now. There's not going to be any silliness, is there? I, I can't cope. I'll be broke by March, April on train costs alone if they keep postponing games. Yeah, it's it's not been ideal from that perspective. They've sort of uh, moved us away from where we would walk past the pitch to get to the press room. Ah. We've moved upstairs. I, I did sort of see it from the gap between the town end and the arco sand. And the, the covers weren't on, which I feel like, is a reasonable sign they don't think they need that. That's what got us in this mess in the first place, according to the rumours. Well, you know, maybe it was that. <laughs> I did see it and think, shouldn't they have them on? But I guess if <laughs> I guess if things are fine enough for the covers not to be there, then hopefully that that's a good sign that we'll actually get to play a game this weekend. Indeed. Let's talk about this press conference for the Ginium game, of course. A lot of stuff that has nothing to do with the game itself. And we'll start with the managerial merry-go-round, Joe. Because Gavin Gunning was asked about this. And as always, cards kept firmly close to his chest. Yeah, this is the fourth time I think we've had the same answer of, no idea, mate, nothing to do with me. He's not thinking about it. He's just very excited to play Gillingham, which is probably the first time anyone's ever said that. Um, Yeah, Gavin Gunning, as, as we've discussed before, for, for obvious reasons, doesn't know. He's just sort of cracking on with things. And then uh, we'll, we'll probably find out that the new manager's been appointed by it when someone else in a big jacket walks onto the training pitch. <laughs> the bookies ended recently with Jody Morris as the favourite. And then it was David Artell, who looked odds-on for so long, and Mark Bircham, Gavin Gunning, Paul Caddis were, were fading away. I don't know. I, I, I'm happy with the notion of Jody Morris becoming Swindon Town head coach because he ticks all the boxes that they were after. And as I mentioned in the last pod, including last summer, if anything, he's a high level name from what they were after because he's from an elite academy. But I do fear there's a touch of the Alan Nixons about about this rumour. I've seen nothing beyond bookmakers lists until that journalist put something on social media. You'd want this to be done, whether they're waiting for a big unveiling or what have you. I don't know, but oh, I'm just in a situation where I think, is is there more twists? And I guess I will never let my guard down. Yeah, I think the thing we're learning with these um, managerial searches is that definitely don't think that anything's done until it definitely is, because these have dragged on both of them now. Um, <clears throat> you know, well, certainly, I think Ryan Whelan, wasn't it, came out initially with the... the um, Jody Morris stuff, and I've heard Johnny. I was obviously with Johnny Leefield today, and he seemed pretty set on it too. I found it quite amusing that whoever was giving that briefing note out made sure to stress that Swindon were going to break the bank to 
bring him in, which I think they they were pro- pro- probably was in the wording of whatever text got sent out to make sure that people weren't didn't say the words cheap option, which is <laughs> I think often comes up when Swindon fans talk about new managers. Um, you know, I think you'd be fairly pleased with Jody Morris. I have my reservations in terms of technically speaking, his first team experience is the same as Scott Lindsay's, and um, you know, having been at Derby and Chelsea with Frank Lampard, those teams were kind of known for not being overly well coached. So I, I, I think it's tough to know how good he'll be, but he's certainly a high-profile a high guy and well-respected, so you have to hope that he would be a good choice. Yes, agreed on all points there, but we'll, we'll see. And hopefully something will be resolved as soon as possible. Otherwise, we get to see the bookmakers list reappear and we go again. Let's, let's talk about other things now then. So Gavin Gunning was... Asked about the delays, the lack of games, I suppose. Yeah, he was talking about um, in terms of what what you do when you keep having these games called off, which obviously Swindon had two in a row. And it just sounds like trying to keep the training session super happy fun times. Um, They've been, uh, as we'll find out later on, just sort of playing a few more small-sided games, head tennis to try and keep the players amused, I suppose, because it's been dragging on. It's a second consecutive two-week wait for a match for Swindon. So I think they are probably getting a bit stir-crazy. Um, they've, it was also discussed in terms of having to be on the Astro pitch at the moment because they, they can't train at Beversbrook because of the the frequent frost. And he was talking about that being not particularly ideal in terms of having to manage players a little bit more, even in training, because of the impact that can have on the knees and hips. And so I think he's, he, um, Andrew then asked him how... He himself would have found it if he was having to run around on there as a player. And he said um, you, you kind of wouldn't find Gavin Gunning out on that type of pitch with the way his his injury record went as a player. So <laughs> that's that's definitely been suboptimal, but it's something that everyone's dealing with at the moment because you can't train on grass. No, you can. I was really disappointed that the game was off on Tuesday, but it was cold. I mean, yeah, it was it was a bit <laughs> cold. And I, I was looking forward to it as well. I mean, I didn't want to have to do another one of these, as as discussed, with, with no match to talk about. I think in in, in terms of Housery, I'm thinking I don't particularly want to play Stevenage right now, but I'm going to have to play them at some point anyway. So I doubt that really comes into anything. But it, no. you just want to you just want to get one of the games because we won five 0 last time out, and that. That momentum must be, you know, somewhere in the ether because that was ages ago. I can barely remember it happening. Yeah. Plus, I want to collect my Newport ticket and get a bubble hat that I bought at the club shop, and I want to collect that. And you know, I'm impatient, man. <laughs> I mean, those are the important things. The exactly. reception of bobble hats. Thank you. I've been saying that. Should have been, po- been given. Should have thought about that before they called it off. Really. Honestly. Yes, and that my email set stated exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about Ginningham because what a crazy season that they're having. Crazy dial, but it's such a busy month for them so far. So Neil Harris, still their boss, despite oh, just relentlessly not scoring <laughs> and um and not winning games. But then the takeover happens when the American a millionaire, billionaire, very wealthy chap came in, and now things are beginning to turn around. Hooray! Exactly when we want to play them. So I think until game twenty-four, they had only won two games in the league all season. Now they've won their last two games, both by two goals to nil. They beat Hartlepool at home, 
and Colchester away. So sterner test for them in Swindon Town, the old rivalry apparently. Lots of differences in the squad to be expected when they rock up. This this year alone, they brought in Tom Nichols from Crawley, Timothy Dieng from Exeter, Ollie Hawkins from Mansfield. Glenn Morris has signed a permanent from Crawley. George Lapsley has signed from Mansfield. They've brought Jaden Clark from Dulwich Hamlet and Ethan Coleman's arrived from Leighton Orient. Not many's gone out just yet, but they've also released a few of the lone players, including Haji Minogue, unfortunately, who you'll remember got sent off on his debut against Swindon. So this is a really interesting one, really, isn't it? Because two weeks ago, we'll be like, this is a banker. His second from bottom or bottom. This this simply must be a comfortable win. But now they are they are resurging, aren't they? Well, yeah, I, I guess as soon as that takeover comes through, and I think there was the Gillingham now the richest club in the league type thing, and that list of names you read out, it's not a bad list for League Two level. I, I think you, I think most people will have heard of pretty much all of those players that they've managed to bring in so quickly. And we know how good Neil Harris can be. Obviously, this season has gone really badly, and I guess. The takeover being in the process meant that he stuck around until it happened. So, I mean, they, they all of a sudden looked like a big, big threat, which is not ideal. But I guess pretty much everyone is going to have to play them at least once during this this resurgence. Absolutely. Um, last time, as, as mentioned, we drew nil-nil at Priestfield. Last time they were at the county ground was during that miserable 2021 season where we lost 3-1 at the county ground despite Brett Pittman putting Swindon ahead. Probably best remembered for John Sheridan bringing on five players at once. I mean, that could that could describe quite a few games, to be honest, where he just decided to use substitutions to embarrass people. I think my, my not fonder, but worst memory of Gillingham was the away game that season when I bought the iFollow pass for a tenner and then five minutes later found out Taylor Curran was starting and then sort of punched a wall. It was only 2-0. I mean, you know, it could easily have been worse and that season it often was, but it was it was it was a waste for whilst I was a, a student, it wasn't the best way I could have spent that money. No, absolutely not. You know, we're we're kind of even with them historically in the league. Just got the upper hand on them, according to Mr. Banyard's website. Let's let's talk about the blooming rivalry then. I, I think I've bemoaned this rivalry more than anything on this podcast, which is my prerogative. (laughs) Um, What did Gavin Gunning say about the rivalry? Yeah, Gunning was very much took the rich pull and root on the rivalries. I think he was asked if, if rivalries could add that extra motivation. He sort of, I mean, kind of depends what the rivalry is. So he'd heard about the Gilliam's win and rivalry, presumably from Scott Lindsay. Um, and he said, it's, it's not really, it's not really a thing, is it? It's nowhere near here. I, I think it's one of, it's one of those, and I believe we talked about this for the away game. Um, kind of, if you have to explain the rivalry in more than about a sentence, probably not really a rivalry. Um, so it, it, it wasn't something that he thought. And then in terms of it being added motivation, it's, he is, as Gavin Gunning has been inclined to do, the sort of Roy Keenisms. um, you're paid to play, that should be more than enough motivation to get out there, more so than a rivalry from, was it the 90s? 
Oh no, it goes back to the late seventies, eighties. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's it's not something that many of those players are probably going to be able to wrap their heads around during their time at Swindon. So I I can't imagine, as Gavin Gunning said, it it will pay play too much into this one. No, uh, it's kind of like the generation above me's rivalry, where it means nothing to me, but to my dad's sort of generation. Oh, they don't like Gillingham. I think it's one of, yet another rivalry where it means more to our opposition than it does to us. Yeah, it's it, Gillingham just in the tough position of not having any mates, really, who they can beef with because of Kent's not particularly good track record with football. So they've they've had to, as far as I can tell, concoct some stuff to get annoyed about. And here we are in 2023 talking about uh, a rivalry which takes three hours to get between the two is is going to be a factor. Gavin Gunning was asked about this game going ahead and having so long since the Grimsby performance, which is great, but I think that star has begun, begun to dim a little bit now and we're just waiting for the next game. What was it here? Yeah, he was talking about how um, he essentially wants to try and replicate it for obvious reasons, see... It's when you can do as much as that as you can. And he's he talked about being as, as methodical as he could with him and Steve Mildenhall in preparing to play Gillingham. But then the sort of possibly the most interesting point of the press conference when he was talking about if, if Swindon didn't quite reach that standard again that they hit against Grimsby in the first half, he would be making some big changes quite quickly because He's got a good squad, so why not let some other guys get out there if people weren't performing? Okay, so who's fit for this? Is Ben Gladwin? No, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> who's fit? Well, on that, Ben Gladwin was actually past fit before Stevenage, but then we never got to talk about it. So technically speaking, yes, but we'll get to that one. Uh, Tom Clayton won't be involved, but he's nearly all day. He said he'll almost definitely be in for next weekend. Uh, Reese Devine is back in... I don't know if it's quite full training, but he's very much back involved with the group. And for again, for the second consecutive press conference, there were some glowing words said about Reese Devine and uh, what he could, what he will be able to offer when he is fit, which as yet we haven't seen. So 15 minutes against Eastley probably isn't enough for, for me to know whether or not he's lying on that one. But yeah, we, we're we, um, certainly just three players like in terms of what the actual squad is Clayton not quite there Divine not quite and then Harry's on the more long-term list it always interests me how complimentary they are about Divine every single time they mention him Lindsay was exactly the same wasn't he yeah it's we definitely heard a few times how good Reese Divine can be it's not something that anyone who's watched Swindon this season will be able to to call them out on in terms of uh, being wrong about, I think um, you guys were going through on the mailbag in terms of the, the transfer hit rate, and Divine was being put on the the misses list, which so far is fair, but also we just don't know. So hopefully he can be fit and show and show what he can do because Swindon, we don't know what will happen in the rest of the transfer window, but could end up needing a left back like him. So he's he, it was it, but all the time the fact that he's been at the Manchester United and Manchester City academies as well is is lauded as something that's like. Well, he wouldn't have done that if he wasn't as good as we're saying he is. Well, we're seeing, hopefully it comes good. I, I'm trying to think of examples where players have had such a rotten first season because of injuries or what have you, and then come back the following season and, and done so well. I know there's still plenty of this season left, but I really hope it works out for him because it must be 
very frustrating for him. Yeah, he's, he's probably in a unique position because usually if someone was injury hit, they would have been on a one-year contract and Swindon probably didn't keep them around for a second year. But I believe Devine is on a two-year deal. So hopefully when this, these injuries do clear up, we will get to see what full Reese Devine looks like. And hopefully that's for everyone involved. That's that's a really top player. Yeah, absolutely. So what did Gavin Gunning say about the opposition? Because everyone will have an eye on, on their recent decent form. But I think he was also highlighting the fact that, you know, they're not God's gift. <laughs> they still have weaknesses. Yeah, he. This, this is, again, something fairly interesting. We said when you bring in kind of like a new manager balance, when you bring in all of these top players, you often go in on a bit of a, a break forwards and have a few positive results in a row. But that will eventually wear out when you come up against kind of better opposition. And then everyone will look around and realise we're actually who we were anyway, just with a few new toys maybe. So there was definitely the assertion that Swindon should be able to sort of hit them with that reality check quite quickly, and then it shouldn't. And then hopefully their their form, which they're on at the moment, gives way and towards class more so, and they they look more like the the poor side that they've been for the rest of the season. That was definitely the way he's looking at it. But he he did say that they obviously have looked a lot better um, in the last two games since getting that quote, massive cash injection. Yeah, pretty significant. Quite interesting how the lower end of League Two are getting themselves out of potential relegation by going big on in the market. We've seen Ginningham starting to do that and we've seen Colchester too. Well, yeah, there's a, a big raid on Exeter in terms of League Two sides trying to get themselves out of things. And there's there's definitely been some money splashed down there. I didn't know money I didn't know Colchester had, quite frankly, but Obviously, it's a bit more believable with Gillingham and their takeover. It it should make the bottom of that the, this division pretty exciting, and you know the the top end of it wasn't great anyway. So maybe one of those can come come from nowhere and even challenge towards the playoffs. And former Swindon player Connor Masterson signed for Gillingham today. Yeah, he was he probably only played for about a month for us right before he got that big injury against Shrewsbury. But I mean, he looked pretty solid when when he did play. So. I have to say, from from what we do know of him, it's a it's a pretty smart signing. Yeah, well, hopefully he is absolutely rotten at the weekend. Yeah, okay. Well, let's move on to momentum. So, two sides that want to string some positive results together. Swindon just at the start of theirs. Gillingham two games into theirs. What did Gavin Gunning say about momentum? Yeah, it was, it was this was more on the sort of the momentum kind of wears off when you get those new players in, but. He was very referential towards Neil Harris, as, as we've talked about. His, you, you refer to him as a legend at Millwall, which is high praise. But, you know, he's, he obviously did some really good work there and some pretty good work at Cardiff too. So, you know, he's he's a he's a top manager and one that is, is still surprises me a little bit that he manages in League Two, especially at the bottom of it. So he was, you know, talking about the, the momentum gets you so far, but again, it is about Swindon trying to remind them who they were in the first place. Well, onwards to transfer talk then. So we really haven't talked transfers much this month on the presser, probably because most games have been called off. But usually there's a steady build up at Christmas and then we, we're really hearing nothing but who's joining, who's joining, who's joining, who's joining, who's leaving. And it's not really happened this month, which has been both a blessing and a curse, really, um, because it does kind of get tiresome usually around this time. Firstly, well, let's cover what Gavin Gunning was asked about, which was loan players, and then 
we'll we'll talk a little bit more about other bits and pieces that are emerging today at time of recording. So loan players, this I imagine is players sticking at, with the club instead of being recalled. Yeah, this was again to do Bryn and Blake Tracy and the reason that we haven't really been able to talk about transfers is Gavin Gunning's answer to every transfer question is no idea, not much to do with me. Um, and then we got the everyone's favourite pressure is for tyres line about you know the the fact that players could be coming in in and out maybe doesn't put any or if that maybe puts pressure on him. But as as he says, pressure is for tyres, not for him. Um, so he he feels confident, but it's ability to do anything anyway. But you know we're getting pretty late in the window for any recalls. It feels like I'm pinching myself when I was looking at the Sky Sports ticker, and it was only like five days to to go. I've kind of got lost in West Swindon are with transfers. We kind of got Kane in. and doesn't feel like anything else has been going on for at least 10 days. Yeah, no, that's exactly what's happened. Obviously, Austin signed just before the window reopened. Uh, and then we've had Kane since the window opened and, and not a lot more. And, you know, where I will sort of joke with the managerial hunt that Swindon have probably taken the phrase leave no stone unturned as a literal term and they're going up and down the country just turning over stones. Um, I'm a bit more forgiving in the transfer market but I was listening to I think it was the Totally Football show and Adrian Clark was saying as a player one of the daftest things he ever did was sign for a club without a manager or in our case a head coach and then that sent a shudder down me because <laughs> I was like oh Gosh, maybe maybe that might be a factor. I, I think it probably pays into players' minds, but I think the Swindon structure would mean that we would be moving. I mean, we we did bring a player in, right? So, you know, I think we definitely would be happy to move on players even without a head coach in the door, because at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter to the way Swindon are going to operate. He will be able to use that player because he fits the style that the last guy did, because that's the idea. So maybe on the players' end, it changes things, but on Swindon's end, it shouldn't do. Um, it's feeling pretty late. Uh, Swindon, uh, we had a, I would say, slightly unexpectedly busy deadline day in the summer. So maybe that is how things are going to go. We're waiting for that trickle-down effect of um, dominoes falling far higher up the food chain than ourselves to, to get the players in that we're looking at. But, I, I mean, there's no one really on, on the rumour mill as an incoming at the moment I'm aware of. No, my my gut feeling is that we're going to get a few, oh, exits that's going to maybe raise a few eyebrows or just in quantity, we're going to be like, oh, oh, huh? And then we're going to have a manic 48 hours. I, I think what's probably best is that fans just wait for the window to close, reserve judgment until then, I would say, just in case, because we are hearing through the rumour mill that Ben Gladwin is perhaps set to join Crawley Town. There's rumours that Angus McDonald's may be also close to the exit door and there might be a couple of others. Without a manager or head coach, it's very easy to start making a lot of negative noise. And I'm not saying, you know, in Swindon we trust, but I'm going to reserve judgment until the window's closed before I go, hmm, that this looks this doesn't look as good as it could be for a team that's trying to get promoted. Yeah, I mean, window is kind of a fool's errand to judge windows once they've just closed, let alone whilst they're still open, right? So we kind of do have to wait a little bit on those things. And I'm expecting the next week to be pretty busy, as you say, because 
this is the second time we've heard the sort of Gladwin and McDonald out out the door rumours, and there's a couple others who've had similar things said about them. So if either one of those guys leaves, and you'd expect a replacement, and I think Swindon should be looking to add at least one more player to the squad anyway, even without any outgoings. Um, on the Craw- on the Ben Gladwin to Crawley one, um, I did see Ben Gladwin in full Swindon tracksuit today, so I think the reports were that he was having a medical, so I don't know necessarily how true that is, if because I doubt he could have got all the way there in, in the time in between those two pieces of information. So I think he's probably going to be around until at least next week. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going to sign for them tomorrow, isn't he? Yes, he is definitely going to sign for them. Probably before this even comes out, I'll be I'll be getting a text off Dave at about half nine saying Gladwin's off. But yeah. <laughs> It didn't, it didn't, I mean, it would be a bit weird if he turned up to a Crawley medical in a full Swindon tracksuit, but I imagine more um, crazier things have happened. Oh dear. Big debates about Ben Gladwin. I mean, he was getting man of the matches almost weekly on this podcast uh, from listeners uh, at the start of the season. Without doubt, there there was a fade as the season progressed and a lot of people either describing him as our best player this season. Others saying he's the reason that we're not top of the league because he slows the game down. But with him and even Angus MacDonald, who I'm not a huge fan of, that experience when it comes to the tail end of the season, well, if if we're going to replace them, I just hope that we do replace with a little bit of experience because that's what you need when you get to the tail end. Those sort of players that know how to see games out and, and hang on potentially. But like you said, you know, we can't judge someone who's played three games previously and then they come in and they become big hitters. I expect Marcel Lavinier to really be one of our key players at the, at the second half of the season. And he never played a senior game before he turned up here. Yeah, that, that's the thing. But I, I think I definitely agree with that, that whenever, a, you know, inevitably it's Gavin Gunning, Scott Lindsay, or if a young player comes and sees us, they're always talking about the experienced players. There's always a list that is free people of Charlie Austin, Ben Gladwin, Angus MacDonald. That is the experience that people talk about. And then obviously before it, Louis Reed might come into that. But that if both of those guys leave, then Swindon are pretty much down to one proper senior pro in the squad, not including Alessi Angelo, because he still feels in his kind of Jesse Lingard syndrome. So, um, I so I, I wouldn't include him in that in that group. So Swindon would definitely need to sign, you know, Saidu Khan as well as a bit older, but again, not football league experience. So you would definitely want them to be replaced by similarly, you know, around thirty year old pl- players, which generally speaking isn't Swindon's forte. But they have to know that the the the, the fact the world the word experience comes up enough and in press conferences that you know, at least the players and the management very much value having those guys in the dressing room. Oh, well, we'll we'll see what happens. Shall we go to the Joe Zone? Let's do it. Yes. When a team brings in new players like they have, does sort of all the older games get thrown out the window a little bit because they have to change things up so much? Yeah, realistically, you don't watch the old... You watch the last two, three games, maybe of where they're they're at, what style they're playing. There's no point in watching stuff from two months ago because you'd hope that no team is playing the same as they would be two months ago. All that stuff usually, like when we played Gilling, we played terribly, so you wouldn't want to watch that game back, would you? 
And then on sort of trying to keep training fun, what kind of things do you let them do? Is it more game related? How do you make training? Listen, there's a structure to every session. Every session we're implementing is geared towards the game on Saturday, but at the end there's always a fun element to keep the boys enticed, whether it's a small side of game, a big game of head tennis, whatever that is, it just it just keeps the boys happy and you've got you've got to play ball with the lads there. The most important thing at a football club is the players. They're the ones who get the results, who drive a club to where it wants to be at. Thanks, Gavin. Cheers, guys. Okay, then. So you asked about Ginningham's new players changing things, which we've discussed a little bit, and how you keep training fun. What did you find fun in training when you used to play football, Joe? Honestly, it's, it's games, isn't it, to be honest? You just kind of want to mm-hmm. be playing, you know, seven asides and stuff, because it's more interesting than a passing drill, because, you know... I've not no disrespect to the BTYSE Panthers, but we weren't great, so there, there was there wasn't there was there wasn't loads going on there. So it you know when we play games, it becomes more exciting. So that would be what I was looking for, and I mean it sounded like that's the kind of thing that they were put in. He talks about small final games, and I was I was intrigued by the notion of head tennis. To be honest, being being listed as being part of training rather than maybe just something they do when they're dossing about. Yeah, proper Andy King stuff. My very successful Warmest of Boys career was ended by the new coach just getting the cones out and just doing zonal passing and all that. I just wanted to play football. <laughs> That's all I wanted to do. Um, but then when it became more apparent that, you know, to win games, you've got to be a bit more tactical, uh, then it wasn't for me anymore. If in doubt, it it out, Joe. Yeah, we were sort of, I think at one point we called ourselves the, the Bradford Running Club because that was all we seemed to do in training. That wasn't particularly interesting. <laughs> oh, what a privilege to have Johnny Williams back in the press. Always nice that it's just nice to know he's not on his way to Crawley. Yeah, that was that was a good notion. He's not one of the ones that's been linked, but you never know with with who Scott Lindsay might want to take to us now that I mean maybe Bitcoin stabilised a bit if they're paying fee for Ben Gladwin, but you know it's 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 lovely to see him come through and he's he's always the, the best. I, I I would say he is definitely the best player to speak to because he's, he's his interview was longer than Gavin Gunning's today. I was just about to very say that is the case with players. <laughs> almost like by half usually isn't it but but no he he gave you some quotes which was nice so how's how's he coping with the lack of football yeah he, he's i think he's found it quite tough he was quite down on scott Lindsay still actually you know he, he wasn't lying that question i asked him i think probably about two weeks before Lindsay ended up actually leaving um you know he, he really did like scott Lindsay as a coach and he thought he he got a lot of himself as a player so he was he's found that that transition fairly difficult as well, probably more so than any of the other players have let on since we since since he's left when we spoke to them. So he, he's found that difficult, and obviously um, he talked about the fact that we couldn't keep up that momentum that was generated with such a dominant win against Grimsby, and that that being quite a tough thing to be, go past as well. So down in the dumps really yeah well scott lindsay's gonna need more than just a few pokemon cards to uh to get swindon to uh accept a bid for him surely yeah hopefully hopefully more than more than just a a few card collections will will be <laughs> the the fee because you know it's pr- probably hard to liquidate and put into 
you know, paying paying Jody Morris. I can understand Pokemon cards, but cryptocurrency, uh, no. Um, <laughs> what did you think about Ginningham? Um, you know, he's he, obviously he'd been he would have seen the clip, so he's he's aware that they're of their situation at the moment. They're they're improving run, and the fact that they've brought brought some really good players in at the same time. He's said that obviously, I mean, it'd be a bit weird if they weren't, but he said it showed that they were serious about trying to stay in the division. Um, but obviously, again, it was sort of, but if we play like Grimsby, it won't really matter. So let's just do that. Hey, we haven't really mentioned him much, only in passing. It's time for the Charlie Austin question. Future player manager Charlie Austin, probably the way this is going. Yeah, I actually brought this up before we spoke to Gunny. I was like, we've not actually asked about Austin in a while. Not got anything to speak about. Should we just have a 15 minute chat about Charlie Austin? But uh, we've not spoken to Johnny Williams about him. So he, asked, so he comes back up again. Um, yeah, he's, he, I mean, I don't know if Charlie listens to these. I'm going to assume he doesn't, but um, I, I think it would have been music to his ears, some of the stuff that Williams was saying. He was like, I just want Austin to score as many goals as he can because, A, it will get us promoted. It, it will show that we're doing well because, see, he is, and this came on to the next question, he's Swindon's top scorer at the moment. But yeah, he's he said that goal scoring, whilst fun, isn't, you know, he takes as much pride from being involved, involved in the build-up and, um, it was he mentioned Romeo Hutton as well in terms of it just gives that bit of a, a cheat code easy ball into we'll just knock it into Austin if if things aren't going quite well because he'll be there and probably score. Look at the way Johnny Williams celebrates. He loves every single one of them. Yeah, but he loves everything though. It's just so jolly. Oh, yeah, he's so nice. Oh man, that's going to be a sad day when he vamoses. No, we won't think about it. Yes, he's top scorer and nobody talks about it, but. There it is, you know, barely scored in his career. Now he's he's topping charts. Yeah, he's become very much a poacher this season. You can see the way that he's playing. Um, again, he was sort of talking about that that freedom that he's been given to go and that freedom, that confidence that that gives to go and do what he's going to do. And that has allowed him to sort of just, I mean, because pretty much all, it's not like he's scoring wonder goals either. It's, it re- usually is a, a shot got saved and he was there for the rebound. So that's that's the way he's been scoring goals, which given that Swindon until Austin came in, didn't really have that type of strike. It was quite useful. Yes, it was. You mentioned that he's a bit down in the dumps on Lindsay's exit still, which is a shame, but it's happened. But he was asked on the quest to find a new manager. Yeah, he was, you know, I think, I don't know if he's, again, speaking to a, a theoretical incoming candidate, but he was he was talking up the, the job that someone would be walking into. Swindon, in, you know, a good place in the league, playing good type of football and, in a, in a good position to sort of really challenge for promotion and obviously having Charlie Austin in the ranks, he was he was giving it the big sell to see if he can get someone to come in the door with his words, which, you know, if I was a manager and I heard Johnny Williams speaking, I would definitely take that job. Okay, well, let's, let's talk about Johnny Williams' future and his input. So, firstly, on his place in the team. Yeah, this was, he was kind of, I think, mean, he didn't want to say that he was, he felt he was like one of the top guys in the team, obviously, but he was... Um, saying obviously he puts his best and then started talking about other stuff in t- in terms of trying to keep the core group of players around. And then I think sort of unprompted, he sort of talked about Harry McCurdy and um, in, in insight into what that transfer might have been. He said the club got a great offer and it's sort of uh, a lot of money for him. So it worked on all sides. So it was just kind of you know, saying obviously that happened and those kind of situations come up. But generally speaking, to be successful over a longer period, he was sort of saying that 
we need to keep players around, which, given the other things that came out today, might have been um, prompted by some some words he'd been having with the guys in the changing room. Yeah, the, the, always nice to hear it, but you always have to take it with a pinch of salt. He was asked about his contract, and he did say the immortal words, I want to stay. Yeah, he said it was... I don't know if people remember, but when Scott Time was on on the sofa on on the supporters club thing that that second half of the season when he said, "Yeah, I, I would really like to sign a contract too," and then that never happened. But Williams kind of he very much indicated that he wanted to stay, and if the offer is right, he would absolutely do so. And I think he even said that promotion wasn't necessarily a, a factor that he would definitely need to stick around. But it, it was the philosophical and obvious when you're a player who doesn't have a contract beyond the summer you can't really commit to anything when when nothing's necessarily on the table so he was saying but I mean there's the potential that that doesn't happen other things may come into play that mean that I don't stay at Swindon but he was very complimentary and say that he very much has loved playing here and he did go into the past tense which was scary but yeah, it was um, it was it was the it was the clear sign that if Swindon put a proper offer on the table, he will be sticking around or would would do as much as he can to stick around. Those are the factors, aren't they? The, the, the sort of factors where you're like, oh, bye then. Yeah. I mean, if we if we take if we take like the model literally, he's thirty this year, and you wonder whether they would give him another year. But my goodness. You can't just churn through. Are we, we're not going to have idols or icons anymore because they just don't stick around long enough. I hope they do realise that we do like some players to just you know stay and just because they finish their two-year contract doesn't mean that we can't keep them. Yeah, it's kind of the, the that thing that gets tweeted, tweeted probably once a month, the never fall in love with a lone player thing. At Swindon, the permanent players are probably around for the same amount of time. So fall in love with lone players as much as you want. It's all the same. Um, but, <laughs> it's true, but yeah, it's. I think he, he, he was right in what he was saying, as I mentioned earlier. You do need to really keep that core around, and he was talking about just wanting to be valued. So obviously, that's financially and in various other ways um, to to stick around. But you you can't have the sort of twenty free signing summer that Swindon seem to have at least probably on average once every one and a half years. Because it's you, it's there are some summers we don't have it, but you know, we we do need to try and keep a, a squad together for a bit. And it looks more likely because of the two year contracts. But if you can keep as much of this squad around as you can, and then add to the bits, then we'll be in a much better position, hopefully in League One. Oh, well, here's hoping. Let's go back to the Joe Zone. Yay! Yeah, I was just wondering. You obviously praised Scott a few times there. Were you surprised when you found out he was leaving? Um. Yeah, it was a bit, to be honest. Um, I had a great relationship with Scott. Um, he, he loved the club. I think everyone knew that. He was desperate to get promoted with it, with it, you know, with the club. Um, worked really hard. Cared a lot about us as players and the fans, and and he was desperate to do well. But you know, it's, it's a weird one. I've never experienced a manager leaving when you're sixth, seventh in a league to a to a team, no disrespect, but down the bottom or a team that's not as big. Um, so I don't know the reasons, you know, but I wish him all the best. Um, I had a great relationship with him. He, he, he got um, he got the best out of me at times, I thought. Um, it's, just, it's just a strange strange one, really. Um, 
it provides a, a, an amazing opportunity for for someone to come in and take the job and hopefully get the team out of this league because I do I, I do think we've got a great opportunity at the moment with the squad we've got and who knows we might bring in some more we've just signed Charlie Austin like, in League Two so for someone looking to take a job it, it's, it's a great you know um, role for someone to come into and achieve that because we're sixth in the table fifth five points off third um, as I said it, there must be a long list of people willing to get the job and, and you know as you saw Gav Gav come in in charge and we won 5-0 and you know he's, he's got no coaching experience and he's done an amazing job so yeah great opportunity it's been left in so. yeah. and then obviously with Gunning coming in um, aside from the obvious play differences what have you noticed on the tra- training ground is it much different or is he trying to sort of keep to what was happening before um, very, yeah just a subtle difference in the, in the tempo in terms of when we go forward we might just be a bit more direct in the sense we might take more shots um, crosses just to be a bit quicker up the pitch um, it's probably at times Scott wanted that from us and we, and we couldn't do it or we wanted to keep the ball um, but on the whole you know it's, it's, a, it's a good set of players so you put them on the pitch they, we, we like to play football um, but Gav you know he gave he, he won 5-0 I'm sure <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's a great achievement for him coming. Everything seems to click. Charlie's first came back and scored. Um, but yeah, we like to keep the ball. I think Gav's let us kind of attack quickly. And um, yeah, no, it was enjoyable to play. Thanks, Johnny. Yeah. Ah, there we go. Lovely to hear him. All happy? Yeah, I mean, obviously he was... Dis- dis- again, it was more of that sort of disappointment about Lindsay leaving, which... I mean, clearly he did. He did really like him as a coach, and what he was, what he was offering for us, and was I think a bit perplexed by his decision to leave, given West Windham were and how he thought it was going. But you know, it's 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 what it is, and the decision was made. And he, he's definitely been pretty positive about Gunning and Millenhall as well, and since they've come through the door. So, and how that things aren't too different. So I'd, he's obviously not two cutouts about it right well let's finish this episode with predictions i'll go first this time uh we had grimsby 14 15 days ago we won five nil i couldn't make it because of the blooming floods and stuff five nil wonderful so i'm going for swindon nil Gillingham nil what are you going for joe well i mean if you could stay away i think that might work for us in terms of yeah. the, the hoodoo but I'm going to say 2-0 Swindon. I'm going to go positive for this one. Yeah, good. And so you should. Well, there we go. Here's hoping. Here's hoping the game's on. And uh, Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of The Presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. 
There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.